you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 38 to 48 this morning, finishing up uh, this chapter. Uh, the challenges keep coming in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus' words today have provided for us some common cliches that uh, we've heard, that we hear, like, go the extra mile, and I gave him the shirt off my back. Uh, those kind of things, they are sourced from what Jesus says. So they've, they've had a lasting impact. When we hear them afresh again today, these words, you're going to hear a, a challenge to, to have a light that shines brighter uh, than what we've got. So i got a message for you called Strength Training for Your Shine. So let's read these first of all, verses 38 to 48. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today and um, we're thankful for this word that we have that we're able to read and um, and find encouragement from and and instruction and a path for our our living. And um, So we're thankful uh, that you would uh, give us the grace to be here and to hear it and we pray for uh, good hearts. Uh, it'd be so, good soil for this word uh, today. I thank, thank you for Dan and his wife and family and their ministry and, um, and trusting others that they are leading there in the, uh, the places of the world where it's hard to, hard to move and, and uh, get the kingdom growing. And so we know you're active there and you've caused all kinds of great connections for him, um, protecting their family, healing them. Father, thank you for all that grace. And we pray your blessing on them as they head back to their home and, and, uh, and at the end of August. I pray that this year that's coming for him would be the most fruitful he's ever seen in ministry, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, one of the things that I enjoy doing uh, is working out. It's probably because I was an athlete in, in high school, but I, I enjoy enjoy that part, you know. Uh, and I was thinking with this virus, you know, just gaining strength, spreading more and more, you know, that also when that is happening, um, our our desire and our our, uh, our hunger for comfort and peace also goes up. And so we run to things, right? Well, one of the things you can run to is 
physical activity, exercise. And uh, it's one of the great ways that you can channel stress from the world that we're living in. Um, but the, there's a catch if you want to use working out as a way uh, to to handle all the stress. And that, that is that working out involves pain. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing that uh, to get stronger, you have to put your muscles under strain and stress. And then when, when you're done, you begin the recovery time and, and you rest. And at the end of that, your muscles are stronger, which is kind of amazing if you, if you think about that. I mean, that's how, how God made us. So my, my go-to workouts are kind of lifting some weights and, and swimming. And if I can get a regular time of going into the gym and doing the same kind of exercises, there's encouragement for this almost mid-50s guy who's out of shape a lot, who restarts a lot, you know, that I, I can see and feel stronger if, if I do that. Well, as we hear these words of Jesus today, it's, it's pretty easy to see that we have a need to shine brighter, to have a stronger shine if we want to behave and, and react like he's talking about here. So how do we get there? Well, we get there by working out. We work out our sign. The very behavior that he's calling us to do puts our faith under a stress and a strain. Uh, and by doing that, it causes us to grow. It causes us to have a stronger, brighter light than we did before. So Jesus is going to be our coach today. Strength training for your shine. Three exercises to increase your lumens here. So the first one is we want to exercise our sacrifice. Jesus, he starts in verse 38 with the Pharisees' teaching. You have heard that it was said. So that's code for the Pharisees are saying this to you. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So he's repeating a law called the law of retaliation. Um, and it's uh, three, in three different places in the Old Testament, but I'm going to re- read it from Leviticus 24, verses 17 to 22. So this is what Jesus was referencing. Whoever takes a human life shall surely be put to death. Whoever takes an animal's life shall make it good, life for life. If anyone injures his neighbor, as he has done, it shall be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Whatever injury he has given, a person shall be given to him. Whoever kills an animal shall make it good, and whoever kills a person shall be put to death. You shall have the same rule for the sojourner and for the native, for I am the Lord your God. And when you read that, it sounds like that that law kind of encourages violence uh, by telling someone that they have the right to respond like for like. Uh, but actually, it's there to limit violence. Because if we're left to our own devices, typically when we get hurt, we respond with something that's greater than what happened to us. You know, I have been in one fight my entire life. It happened in middle school. And I don't remember what it was what it was about, but I remember because I'd never been in a, in a fight before and I was pretty scared of getting beat up, I decided I was going to throw the first punch. And so I popped this kid right in the nose. And then he, he rears back and he hits me right square in the jaw. And then he tackles me to the ground and starts just wailing on me. I don't remember, you know, what happened, but uh, I do remember that we laughed about the whole thing afterwards and... We were not worse for the wear. You know, I had a, he had a sore nose, I had a sore jaw, and that was, that was about the extent of it. But that's what we do. We, we just take it to another level. And this law was to keep violence in check. 
And by Jesus' day, the, there was a common understanding of the law that any individual who, who, who had been hurt by someone could respond back no matter what with what was done to them. And so Leviticus gave just a few examples there, right? Uh, eye, tooth, life, fracture. So that left room, room for, you know, other kinds of interpretations uh, to be able to respond to. So in verse 39, Jesus, he continues on. He says, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. Now, these verses have been interpreted to, to some that uh, Christians should not be involved in the military or in law enforcement. But we want to remember that Jesus is speaking into the area of personal injury, one person to another. Because uh, we, if we want to reform the police, we got to have Christians in, in the police. And that's the only way to do it. And so the Old Testament law, it said you could give back what you got, but Jesus raises the bar and he says, no, you need to take, take the hit. And then he goes on in verses 39 to 42 and he starts giving us these world-famous examples, uh, four examples of how kingdom people respond to personal injuries. First one is in verse 39. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. So you're in a fight, you know, like I was, but instead of throwing the first punch... Instead of even responding to a punch, you show your strength by not retaliating. And so that's an opportunity to exercise your sacrifice. To give up, you give up your right of retaliation because this person hurts you. And you do that because they're more important than, than you are. So a kingdom shine is going to look past outward display of anger and assault and aggression and will sacrifice physical pain and the right to retaliate in order to shine light into the darkness. Let me read that again. A kingdom shine is going to look past an outward display of anger, aggression, and assault, and will sacrifice physical pain and a right to retaliate in order to shine our light into the darkness. Really? Really? Think about Jesus. And think about all the power and strength that he had. And then think about all the physical abuse and suffering he went through from the Garden of Gethsemane to the cross. At any time all along there, he could have stopped it without lifting a finger. But he chose to exercise sacrifice in order to love us. That's our example. If we're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to want to you know, live like he did in the world, you're going to have a life that looks like that in some way. Now in verse 40, he gives another example. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. So here someone's dragged you into court and they win a judgment against you and presumably it's an injustice to you. But instead of going to the appeals court, to try to appeal the decision, you do what the court says and you give them your suit of clothes. And not only that, Jesus calls you to go further than that and give more. Give them your winter coat as well. So this person has used the legal system to take your personal possessions. But Jesus says, don't defend yourself. Just give more. That is shining a kingdom light. That is exercising your sacrifice, giving up your right for justice and giving away your personal possessions for the sake 
of the kingdom of God. Then verse 41. We're called to go the extra mile. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. So you want to remember, these people that are listening to Jesus, they're living under Roman occupation, and it wasn't uncommon that a Roman soldier would inscript you into service one day and say, hey, you need to carry my gear. And so they would basically treat you as a slave for the day. And so Jesus is calling the kingdom person not only to obey that, but to double it. So even though you're being treated like a slave, he's saying you really want to have the attitude of servant and go beyond what they're forcing you to do. That's exercising your sacrifice by giving up your time and your right to be treated well. And then verse 42, give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Now, that doesn't mean that we need to be taken advantage of. It doesn't mean that we need to, to give to someone who is, we know is being dishonest in the asking. But what it does mean is that kingdom people are going to hold their resources with open hands. And we will be generous people. And we will be willing to be taken advantage of. When you've sacrificed your body, your rights, your possessions, your wealth, you're going to be the kind of person that Jesus is talking about here. Now, we want to remember this. Good place to remember this. That Jesus, he is not creating laws for us to follow to be right in his eyes. This is more about who we are than what we do. He's giving us examples of what the kind of person who follows him will do in their life. And so these are exercises to, to, to do, to, to use in our life, uh, to become the kind of people that will shine that kingdom light when we've experienced some kind of personal injury. I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of rare that we get punched in the face, right? Or we get dragged into court and they take our property. You know, it's kind of rare that we're treated as slaves. But we don't want to, so we don't want to take these verses legally like, like the Pharisees are, would treat them. But they're just examples of how we respond with personal sacrifice of some kind. So I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna demonstrate for you an exercise, uh, how to exercise your sacrifice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna demonstrate right now. Uh, all of us can do this. It's, it's very simple. It will strengthen your shine if you make this about other people. Okay. You ready? I'm going to do it. Here we go. Brothers and sisters, this right here is an easy sacrifice. It is easy. You, you, you can see this as your personal rights being taken away. You can see this as the government trying to control us. Or you can see this as a way to love other people and exercise your sacrifice that God might work in you to become more like him. Now I'm going to take it off because my glasses fog up. On uh, YouTube, had to stop that from happening so I can wear that mask with my glasses. But, you know, I, I, I thought this was an easy thing to talk about here when we think about what this mask wearing thing. And uh, I know there's a lot of things you can read. This is not about the effectiveness of masks. I'm not a mask expert. I'm not an expert in infectious diseases. I'm not one to think there's a conspiracy theory going on and the government's trying to take over, trying to control us with this. I'm just trying to follow Jesus. And this is a very easy way to do that. You know, a week ago today, a very good friend of ours, Diane Mills, her dad passed away from COVID-19. He got COVID-19 at a prayer meeting in Greenfield, along with his wife 
and 18 other people. So this is in our backyard. And so what we're going to do starting next Sunday is we're going to expect you to wear a mask. We're we're not going to wear them up here on the platform because we want to provide something that's worshipful and we think that's going to get in the way of that. Um, But we're taking care of you, keeping you away from us. So when you're in here, if you're not up here, we want you to have your mask on. It's a way to sacrifice, to practice your sacrifice. It also follows Romans 13.1 and does what our governing authorities tell us to do. So let's sacrifice a little personal freedom here. I mean, think about it. How are we going to turn the other cheek after we've been hit in the face? How are we ever going to give away our possessions unjust, you know, when it's being, they're being unjustly taken from us? How are we going to do that if we can't do the simple thing of masking up? How? So, practice your sacrifice and wear your mask in church. Outside, you don't have to worry about it. In here, please wear them. Wearing your mask can lead to testimonies like this, believe it or not. Julio Diaz, a 31-year-old Bronx social worker, he just wanted to go home, get a bite to eat, and go to bed. So he was on his way home, and there was one thing that stood in the way of that happening, and that was a mugger. He stepped off the subway onto the platform, and this teenage boy comes up with a knife and says, give me your wallet. So Diaz, he says, this is not worth the fight. He hands over his wallet to the boy. As the boy's running off, Diaz calls to him, Hey, if you're going to be robbing people all night, you might as well be warm. You want, why don't you take my coat, too? <laughs> well, that teenage boy just stops. He, he's kind of shocked. And Diaz explained, that, Hey, this quite clear this teen needed money. So he told him, Hey, you keep my wallet. I'm serious. Take my coat. And if you want, you can come to dinner with me. I'll feed you before you leave. Well, the guy was too shocked to say no. So they went to his favorite diner, Diaz's favorite diner, and... As they're sitting there eating, the teen was marveling at how the dishwashers were coming up and the servers, they were all talking to Diaz in this friendly manner and, and, and the teen thought Diaz owned the restaurant. And so, and so he, he said that to him and, and, and Diaz says to him, haven't you been taught you should be nice to everybody? And the teen said, well yeah, but I didn't think people actually lived that way. So the two, they continued to talk about life and about other things and when the bill came, Diaz told the boy, hey, I need my wallet so I can pay for dinner. The boy handed it over without even questioning anything. So he paid for dinner, and, and Diaz gives him a $20 bill. And before they left, he said, hey, could I have the knife? And the boy handed it over, and the two went their separate ways. When Diaz got home, he told his mom about what happened, and she said, you know, you're the kind of person that if somebody asked you for the time, you'd give them the watch. That's the shine we're talking about. How do you get a stronger shine? Exercise your sacrifice. Let Jesus be your example that motivates you to do that and look for opportunities to sacrifice like he did and let God do the work inside of you to make that shine brighter in the world. All right, verses 45 to 47, it's another exercise. Exercise your suffering. In verse 43, Jesus says, Have you heard it was said? You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. So the first part of that you could find in the Old Testament, but the second part of that was a Pharisee add-on. Okay, Pharisees were teaching that your neighbor were those people that were sort of inside your camp. Okay, inside your camp. And then it was okay and even encouraged and a righteous thing to do to hate people that were outside your camp. So Jesus sets up the contrast in verse 44. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those people who persecute you. So now we're talking about something that's just like out of this world, really. Do you have any enemies? 
You have people who don't like you very much. If you can think about the people that you don't like very much, you probably found one. You know, people who are taking advantage of you, tra- treating you poorly, stealing from you, planning your descent, demise. These are the people Jesus is talking about. These are the people he's calling us to love. Now, that's not a feeling kind of love. It's a doing kind of love that he's, he's talking about. And that is how you exercise your suffering. He also said, pray for those who persecute you. Pray for the ones who are seeking to do you harm. Someone who shines a kingdom light is going to be someone who loves and prays for people who are against them in their lives. And to do that, you have to exercise suffering. Jesus keeps going in verse 45 to give his, uh, his statement some, some backup. It says, So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. So the so that, those words in, in that sentence, is not then a prescription to, ha- to get into God's family. So that you may, may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. So he's not saying, so do this and you'll be in God's family. That's not what he's saying. You get in God's family by grace, through faith and what Jesus has done. So you believe in who he is and what he's done and you get adopted. You get adopted into God's family. The so that is saying when you love your enemies and you do good to them, you are shining like your heavenly father. And you're showing people how he loves. God sends sun on all people, evil and good. He sends rain on the, on the just and the unjust, those who deserve it and, and those who don't. We call that common grace. It's happening today all over the world. God is pouring out common grace on, on everyone. God's blessing and favor, regardless of who they are and, and what they're doing, whether they recognize it or not. And when we do that, we're acting like our Heavenly Father. We will be sons and daughters of our, our Heavenly Father, when we love like He does. And in verses 46 and 47, the expectation gets drawn, drawn out even further. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Sounds like a poem, doesn't it? When you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? <laughs> do not even the Gentiles do the same. So in other words, if you're going to have a kingdom shine, the shine, that go, the shine has to go beyond what the world does, what the dishonest people, the ignorant people, what, what they do naturally. If, if, it, if it just looks like the world, then it's not from the kingdom. Tax collectors love the people that love them, Gentiles, people who aren't in God's family. They, they know how to love their family. So if you're going to shine a kingdom shine, we're going to love people that the world says you don't have to love because they're, they're your enemies. And if we're going to do that, that requires exercising suffering. Bible college professor Johannan Catanacho pastored a small church in, in Jerusalem. Now, he's a Palestinian living in Israel, and he's a Christian. And so that caused him to face a lot of different kinds of persecution. One of the most dangerous uh, forms of harassment that he was looking at was when Israeli soldiers would patrol the city looking for potential terrorists. Soldiers could routinely, spontaneously uh, ins- make curfews for Palestinians, and they even had the legal right to shoot a Palestinian who didn't respond to their summons quickly enough. 
So that's the environment that he's living in. And so Christ's command in the Sermon on the Mount to love your enemies seemed like an impossible command to Johannine. But he's like, there it is, unambiguous and unchanging. He says, for me, love was an active and countercultural decision because I was living in a culture that promoted hatred of the other. And not only did that context promote hate, but the circumstances fed it on a daily basis. Newspapers, television, media, neighbors, everything. One of the markers of the Israeli Jews and the Palestinian Arabs was alienating each other. To break that marker, I must have another kind of worldview. So first, Yohanan tried and failed in his attempts to feel love for the Israeli soldiers. Their, their random uh, daily checks uh, for uh, Palestinian ID cards, sometimes stopping them for hours, it just fed his anger and his fear. And so finally he just confessed to God his inability to love these soldiers um, the way that Christ loved them. And so he realized then that this love that we're talking about wasn't an emotion, but a decision. And so he decided to show love, however reluctantly, by sharing the gospel with these soldiers when he got stopped. So he created this flyer from Isaiah 53, the suffering servant. And at the top it said, real love, and it was written in Hebrew and in English. And every time he got stopped, he would give his ID card and this flyer to the soldier. And after they checked his ID, just about every time the soldier would ask him about the flyer because it was written from the Hebrew scriptures. And he says, after several months of doing this, he suddenly noticed that his feelings toward these soldiers was changing. He says, I was surprised, you know. It was a process, but I was ignoring the process. I didn't pay attention to it. My older feelings were not there anymore. I would pass in the same street, the same soldiers as before, but now I found myself praying, Lord, let them stop me so that I can share with them the love of Christ. You know, we don't live in a culture like that where hate is encouraged and celebrated. At least we don't yet. And we certainly, But we can certainly find places in our lives where people don't treat us very well and where they're not nice. Um, so maybe you don't have to look out from under your own roof to find people that don't treat you very nice. Maybe there's somebody at work that doesn't treat you very nice. Uh, maybe there's somebody at school that you don't want to see and you're hoping your parents don't send you back to school. Maybe it's your pastor telling you what a mass in church. You know, I don't know. I don't know, but you can find them, right? Where are these people in our lives? If you can find them, they are the very people that God is calling us to love. And like this Palestinian pastor, we've got to make a decision. It's a love decision. And to do that, we have to exercise suffering. That pastor, he didn't want to love those Israeli soldiers. He hated them. But they're that Jesus' words, they were there, and they stood out to him, and they were unambiguous, easy to interpret. Love your enemy. And so he obeyed that. He exercised suffering. And when he did that, God got busy in his heart, started changing him. So that's the strength workout. For, for your shine. And it starts with a choice. A choice to obey what God has said and then to trust Him that His Word is true and the best for us and that when we start following, He's going to work in us and change us. And before we know it, we're carrying out Jesus' commands without effort. So have you or can you put a name to your enemy? Well, that's your gym, buddy. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Now, he wraps up. Jesus does these, these challenging instructions. that They all began back in verse 21. No anger, no lust, no breaking promises, no making promises, no revenge, 
and no hatred. He wraps all that up with this impossible command, and it points to our final exercise. To strengthen our shine, we've got to shine our shine. <laughs> it's exercising our sanctification. Verse 48. You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. <laughs> How? How do we do that? Is he serious? He is. He is serious in a sense. That Greek word used for perfect here means you're fulfilling the reason that you were made. All right? Now, some of you know I took a couple weeks off from, from work and I was resting my spirit, but I was abusing my body, redoing our kitchen. And uh, with the help of my good friend Larry Ostendorf, we were able to gut that kitchen and put it back together in about three weeks. And so thank you, my brother, for all that help. Um, but during that three weeks, Lori did a lot of dishes in the bathtub. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to do dishes in the bathtub before, but it is not very easy because the bathtub is not made for doing dishes. It's made for taking a bath. And so three weeks later, when the kitchen sink was back online, you know, we started doing, doing the dishes back in the uh, kitchen sink, and the bathtub, we went back to taking baths in, and you know what? That bathtub is perfect. For taking baths. And that's kind of what Jesus is talking about. What is the chief purpose of man? To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That is our chief purpose. That is why we are here. And we glorify Him most when we act like Him. When we show the world how He loves. What He is like. So we act like Him when we love people equally. You know, whether they deserve it or not, whether they're inside our camp or outside our camp, whether they look like us, whether they have the same skin color as us, it doesn't matter. We love them equally. That's that's loving like God loves. And that glorifies God. We act like God when we go the extra mile, when we give away our property, when when we allow others to hurt us without retaliating. That's glorifying God. We act like Him when we keep our promises, when we live in purity with our sex lives, when we keep our anger from doing harm. We glorify God when we do that. We act like Him when we are exercising our sanctification. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so the sanctification thing is is the work of God in us that is changing us to be that new creation. So we exercise that when we live it out, when we live out in the newness of in that newness of life. So we're a, we're a work in progress. And, and we will be our whole lives. Until we see his face there or he comes back here, we're always going to be a work in progress. And so we make progress in that work by working out. Our shine. And when we don't do that, when we don't exercise, then we can get lazy and we can get out of shape spiritually. We just become a spiritual couch potato. But it doesn't take very long if we want to get back into it to get back to where we were. When, When we're spiritual couch potatoes, like we're doing dishes in the bathtub, it doesn't work. But when we're exercising, when we're shining our light, It doesn't take very long, and we find ourselves doing what Jesus wants us to do in the ways that he did it. We just got to get off the couch. We got to get back 
in the gym. We've got to start exercising again. Now, when you start again, which I start again a lot. I think I confessed that at the beginning. Yeah. I start in the gym you know, again a lot. So it's, there's soreness. There's sore, sore muscles, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's hard. It's hard to get back in the habit of things. But if you do it, Jesus will work in you. And you'll be finding yourself becoming what he's calling you to do. Fulfilling your purpose on the planet to glorify God and enjoy him. Enjoy his presence forever. You remember 9-11, right? You remember what happened after 9-11? Everybody ran to church. Churches were packed. But when things kind of got back to normal, um, so did church attendance. Well, when the pandemic started, um, there was a rush on Bibles. People were buying Bibles all over the place. But I just read this week that uh, people aren't reading them. <laughs> They're not reading their Bibles. And I, I was thinking, you know, um, if we're going to shine in this world, as the fear and the worry just keeps getting worse and worse, people are going to get so ugly with each other. And, and we don't want to be easily to offend. We, we don't want to be, you know, just talking about conspiracy theories. I mean, listen, when we do that, all we're doing is adding to the noise of the news. And we're, and we're off topic and we're off mission. We're never going to get somebody to hear about Jesus by talking about conspiracy theories. So all we need to do is shine God's light with the people that are around us, the people God has put in our sphere of, of influence. Uh, but we won't be able to do that if we're not allowing God's word to kindle that light, to, to keep it burning inside of us, strengthening our faith um, and our hope. So that's how we're going to close today. We're going to close by reading God's word and meditating on it. All right. So all you got to do is listen. Um, and I'm going to read from First Thessalonians chapter five a couple times. And I just want you to listen to these words um, and listen to, to, to something that might stand out to you that you can take home. It's Jesus' voice to you. So after that, I'll pray and then I'm going to play a song for you before you head out. So let's bow, let's bow your heads. And quiet your hearts. And this is uh, from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 5 to 8. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do. But let us keep awake. Since we belong to the day, let us be clear-headed, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake. Since we belong to the day, let us be clear-headed, having put on the breastplate of faith and love. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation.
For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake. Since we belong to the day, let us be clear-headed, having put on the breastplate of faith and love. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Heavenly Father, boy, we just praise and thank you for that salvation. With so much changing hour to hour, day to day in our lives. Our salvation is a solid rock because of Jesus. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't change like the shifting shadows. Thank you for the faith and the love that you give us. It protect us. Thank you for the hope that we're alive in you forgiven of our sin, that you're coming back to make all things new. Help us wake up, Lord, being clear-headed, sober, looking for opportunities to shine our light to the people that you've put in our path. You are good. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bearing fruit through our lives that we could never do on our own. We surrender to you again today. Fill us and use us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.